Hi and welcome, I'm Caroline Stephen. To tinker or not to tinker? Just how much should you play with your trading plan? In today's episode, we hear from Chris Tate. And before you go full-time as a trader, there are a few things you need to be on the lookout for before you take the leap. And tinkering with your trading plan is one of them. Chris talks about the only times he revises his trading plans. We also hear about Chris's daily routines, how long he trades each day, the amount of exercise he does, and the importance of Zen moments. Options expert Evan McGuire also joins us today. Evan is a longtime trading game contributor, and he makes trading options an easier ride. In today's interview, we hear Evan's story with mentor Carmel Stobb. I hope you enjoy. Chris Tate, hello and welcome. Hi, Caroline. As a full-time trader, there's a fine line between tinkering with your trading plan and making necessary adjustments. Chris, how do you draw that line? Where does the line between piss-farting around and being practical lay? From my perspective, one of the things I've observed over the years is that tinkering is a byproduct of boredom. I mean, the devil makes work for idle hands. And one of the issues with full-time trading is that people are idle. There's not a lot to do. And it's also that people don't understand that the job of a trading system is not to tell you what to trade. That's not its job at all. It's to tell you when not to trade. That's its most important function. It is to tell you not to do that, not to buy that, not to sell this. And people get confused. They think that what happens is they, they, they push the magic button on the machine and it will spit out 500 possible trades. There are circumstances where it may do that. But most of the time, it will spit out nothing. And you have to deal with that nothingness. You have to deal and sit with that quiet. And because we're so addicted to noise and activity, and social media has made this worse, we believe that there must be some something going on that we're missing. And, and we get this fear of missing out. Uh, the Japanese say that to take no action is an action in and of itself, and it is. Sitting is an action. Tinkering comes from boredom. A modification to a trading system comes as part of a structured approach to the way your business runs. For example, we had this conversation just before about when I look at my equity curve, if I'm following the system and I understand what the system should be doing, I have an expectation that my system will draw down. And if it does do that, I'm not surprised. I go, well, it's just, it's just doing its job. That's just the way the numbers work. When I do begin to revise the trading system is, is after a series of very, very, very large wins. And the revision takes the form of looking at what has occurred and going, is there anything I could have done better? Could I have pushed it harder? Could I have squeezed more out of it? Can I simplify the process even further than it has already been taken to make my life easier and to make my interaction with the market cleaner? That's part of a structured review process, not a, oh, shit, I haven't had a trade for two days. Maybe if I turn the chart upside down, I'll get something. <laughs> Let's talk about working alone because a lot of people have trouble working alone and I know it's something that you don't have trouble doing. What's your advice to people who do? The, the central issue is that you've got to in some way, shape or form fill that void. 
Because if you don't, your subconscious will conspire against you to make certain that void is filled. And there's nothing you can do about that. And that generally results in a catastrophic destruction of the account. So you're forced to go back to work. What we've seen others do, and they've solved this problem in a very novel way. They either go back to doing part-time in some way, shape or form on their own terms and completely on their own terms, or a lot go and do some form of volunteer work where they get a degree of psychological and emotional sort of connection with others. And they feel they're actually doing something. One of the things you're going to have to overcome with full-time trading is it is an economically useless endeavor. Completely and absolutely. The only way I bring good to the world is by employing others because I buy stupid things and or giving money away. So you're going to have to find your own philosophical or psychological enrichment in some way, shape or form. You can't just sit here and be avaristic and not expect there to be a cost. There is always a cost. Can you give us an example of one of the mentorees who have gone out and done volunteer or, or gone back to part-time work on their a, own a terms? A lot of them go back and just do volunteer work in aged care, in hospitals. One of the things about volunteering is that it's an enormous segment. It's a huge sector and it's vastly under-recognised and the input that people have into it is vastly under-recognised and under-appreciated. So it's actually a very, very easy thing to do. Uh, we've had people who've gone to work in soup kitchens, particularly the ones that travel around overnight, for the homeless. There's a, a raft of things that people can do. It's simply a matter of being creative and going, yeah, I'll do that and I will give something back. How many hours a day is taken up with trading? And what do you do for the rest of your time, Chris? Very, very few. Uh, even my short-term system, which runs looking at four-hour data blocks, would take me no more than, look, I'd be optimistic to say that it was an hour a day. It's not even that. And that occurs because it's such a mechanistic system. The system is so well set and mechanical and my archetypal trades are so well honed that I have a rigid set of rules. And intriguingly, one of the things people don't understand and they get wrong is that discipline actually brings freedom because I'm free of the need to make all these decisions about something else that I don't need to. I have rules that do that for me. I have a series of algorithms that fix those problems. So I'm completely free from needing to worry about those as decisions. And the discipline to apply that gives me freedom. But most importantly, it gives me freedom from fear. I don't have that fear about the next trade because I know that if it conforms to the rules, then I will just take it. And based upon both not only anecdotal experience, backtesting and running the accounts live, I know how the numbers will fall. And it's having that discipline which gives you that freedom from fear, which also means that it doesn't take as long as people think. What people think with short-term trading is that they're going to be sitting in front of the screen from sunup to sundown. They're going to have their phone beside their bed beeping at them about market movements overnight. That's bullshit. That's fantasy land for people who don't know how to trade. People who know how to trade short term simply don't do that. So what else do you do with your time? I think everyone would want to know. What else do I do with my time? Let's look at a typical week. What's my typical week? What time do you get uh, up? Uh, generally about 5, 5.30. But that's always been my native wake-up time. Get up, wander about, switch on the PC, green tea, 
stretch whilst looking at the markets. Like today's Monday. Monday, go and hit the pads. Uh, after hitting the pads, talk to you. So that's kickboxing. That's kickboxing. <laughs> then come home, check the markets. There will be nothing to do. Then I'll probably lift in the afternoon. Lift weights. Write stuff for the blog. Yeah. Tuesday's a rehab day, generally massage or see the physio, followed by swim. Wednesday's yoga, followed by swim. So the, the, each, what I find important for this particular profession is to have regular scheduled landmarks throughout the week, which are things that you do. Now, whilst thing, things like eating the pads are good for one's cardiovascular fitness, they're also good for one's psychological fitness. Yoga is very good for one's flexibility, but it's also exceptionally good for one's mindset and outlook because it's immensely humbling. It's bloody hard, actually. I uh, don't know how these skinny-ass bastards with man buns who eat lentil beans do a lot of it, but, you know, each to their own. You need to fill the week with landmarks. So you've got posts that you hit where you interact with others, where you do things that are positive, things that take you away from the screen. What do you do the Thursday, screen, Friday? Thursday is generally my heaviest lifting day. Friday I will recover and swim. And I will go sit in the sauna and laugh at the fat Russians in Speedos who wear knitted tea cosies on their head in a sauna at 85 degrees, which is very, very strange. How far do you swim? I, uh, anywhere between 1,500 and 2K. But that, that's a habit from school. So every day you that, exercise? Yes. You have to. Otherwise, otherwise you become moribund and you just spend all your day on your arse. And I actually think one of the things that is underrated and completely misunderstood in Western culture is the nexus between mind-body. Humans were built to move. They were built to work hard, and they were built to work under load. Humans are much tougher than they're given any credit for. We would not have reached the point we have if we were not. And one of the most intriguing things is, to me is that people will not explore their physical or emotional limits. I mean, you're talking to someone who stands in a cryotherapy chamber at minus 110. For any practical reason? No, not really, because the literature on it is ambivalent. I just want to see whether I can do it. I'll sit in an ice bath because I want to see whether I can do it. We have lost that along the way. And trading by in no way sort of stretches one at all. It's, not, it's, it's a challenge emotionally, and it's occasionally a challenge intellectually. But it's not that hard intellectually. Hard emotionally, intellectually, really, really simple. And we, we have lost this notion that we were meant to do things. We were not meant to sit around on our fat asses doing nothing. What's your diet like? Mostly Mediterranean, with the occasional blast of chocolate. But then cocoa's a vegetable, so that counts. And what's the biggest stress release psychologically for you? What do you, what do you read? What quotes inspire you? Where do you go to to get a, an uplifting thought? For me, it's always physical. It is simply to clear the head. Because once your head is clear, it's... When you do the things I do, for example, if, you, if you're distracted whilst kickboxing, you're either going to get hit by one of the pads hitting you in the head or you're actually going to get hit in the head. You can't be distracted. If I'm squatting, yes, I can be distracted. And I was distracted middle of last year, no, about a year ago now, and I partially dislocated my left knee because I, just, I was being arrogant and egotistical and I was just distracted. You need to have points of contact with the universe that are Zen moments that simply force you to be with yourself. 
Now, here's a problem. Most people don't want to be there because they don't like who they are. But I actually think one of the qualities I've seen in people who can trade is that they have no problem sitting with themselves honestly, going, this is me. I've always found that exercise forces me to be there. If you're in the pool for an hour swinging 2K, there's a lot of time to think while you're staring at the black line. And so if you're not comfortable with yourself, training is going to be problematic. And, and unfortunately, many people will regard this conversation as somewhat esoteric. But the bottom line is, is that trading is an emotional and a psychological endeavor. It's not a financial endeavor at all. Anyone who thinks it is, is a total dick and doesn't understand how it works. If your brain is not set, if it's not right, you can have the best system in the world. You will never, ever be able to trade it. If you don't understand who you are and if you don't understand how to sit with yourself, the most advanced trading systems in the world, driven by the most advanced quantum computing systems in the world, will be meaningless to you because you'll find a way to screw it up. CT, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Caroline. Hi, everybody. I'm Anthony Saliba, and I listen to Talking Trading with Caroline Stevens. Louise Bedford and Chris Tate have known Evan McGuire for over a decade. He is their go-to bloke when it comes to making money from options. Evan has helped many mentorees over the years. He is the founding partner of MFN Co Asset Management, and along with his business partner, Henry, he makes trading options an easier ride. Evan McGuire, hello and welcome back to Talking Trading. Hello, Caroline. Thank you very much. Good to be back. You've been involved in the options part of the Trading Game Mentor Program as a guest commentator for the past few years, and you've also been very active lately. Tell us, what do you do on the forum? What I try to do is generally look at what people are are coming on the forum with in terms of questions and comments. You do get some people um, saying that they're not really going to be looking at options this time around, though they may look at it later on. Then you you go the other end of the spectrum where you have people that have just uh, light bulbs gone off and they've come on there and they seem to have a very good understanding around uh, uh, around options and, and, and how they work. So I tend to just step in and, and, um, and answer any questions around various things around options or if, if people have um, put up comments around how they see um, the way that options work, I'll come in and say, yeah, that's right or no, nah, you, you need to look at it this way. Um, so it's more, of a, it's more about a bit of guidance, uh, a bit of support. Um, and just try to try to add value around um, you know the experience I've got and, and put people in the in the right direction. Evo, the forum provides a sense of community. Tell us about Carmel Stob, a previous trading game mentoree. Yes, uh, Carmel. So I had Carmel reach out uh, to me, obviously through the, uh, the the trading game mentor program, and this was about four or five years ago now. And she came to me, um, and she was obviously she's she's very knowledgeable around because obviously she's done the, the 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 program, but she came to me talking about FX and uh, which isn't something that I do a lot in. I do mainly equities and options. And then uh, you know she said that she had an interest in in looking at doing options and and uh, and and stocks as well. So we did we did some some options trades which um, which weren't too bad. And then we. We did one trade in Fortescue, which literally shot the lights out. Um, and she was so happy uh, with the outcome. And 
probably the most the, the the most enjoyable thing about it about their experience with Carmel is not just um, the fact that we've been able to generate returns and we've got a, a good relationship there, but the, it it is the the relationship that you that you um, you you build with people over time and and even to this very day, um, Carmel um, is is uh, is still talking to me and doing things with us. So um, it, it really has been fantastic. And the, you know, one of the things about the trade that we did in, in Fortescue was that she, she was so happy that she was virtually in tears because she said, oh, now I've got to lodge a tax return because she's, <laughs> she doesn't work anymore. So, um, you know, so she's, she was so so happy about it. And to, to, to be able to help people and to have that relationship, and, you know, again, it goes beyond just the, the financial side of things um it's you, you really do develop uh, um good friendships and relationships with these people and that's always that's always very enjoyable in my mind why did carmel make contact with you well i i believe it was if i cast my mind back because we're going back a few years ago now but i believe um she actually reached out to louise and and, and asked um a, about somebody that may have been able to help a little more with the options and perhaps the equity side of things and 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 that's that's where it came from, and and um, you know Carmel's pretty sharp. Um, you know she she would have easily done her due diligence on or, or research. I mean I think the fact that I've done things with Louise and, and Chris over the past few years uh, helps. You know it's it's always good if you're working with people where there's a where there's a you know a, a relationship there. And um, yeah, again she asked me around um, around uh, the, the option side of things and. Um, how things worked, and and just my my take and my views on on how things work in the market and how things work in the options market, and it basically developed from there. And five years later, where uh, we're uh, we're still doing things, which is just fantastic. How much do you help on? Well, I usually help her around selection. That's my thing. We'll have a conversation around um, what looks good and, and and what doesn't look good, and where I see things going. So a lot of it would come down to, I mean, obviously we both need to agree on, on what kind of strategy or what kind of trade we're going to be doing, but I, I do give a fair bit of input as to where I see things going in the market and what's in front of my screen. And um, we're not doing as much option stuff at the moment, but, but we, we have done in the past. And again, that's where, where, where I have quite a few strengths. And also the equity side too, just where I see different stocks going and where I see the overall market going. So that's that's how it works with us. But, what draws you to options? Well, um, it comes down to a lot of things. Um, um, I don't like using this, but I'll use it. Options give you options. So, so you, you, <laughs> too easy. Yeah, too easy. Yeah. So you 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 just you have an ability to be able to do, you know, depending on 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 your risk tolerance, and there's something there for for a lot of um, investors and traders. Um, and I really do believe that options should be part of, of, of everybody's um, portfolio or strategy in some way, shape or form. You've recently created MF and Co Asset Management, a boutique asset investing firm acting on the best interests of clients. Mm. Evan, what services do you offer? We have a, a, a number of services that we offer but i would say that the main one is the wealth management side of things and you can split that into two or three different areas one is individual managed accounts so that's where we have a number of clients that deal with us be it you know more options oriented with that's really one of our strengths is the option side of things so we do a lot of work around 
portfolio protection, looking at acquiring stocks at different prices using using put options. There's a number of different strategies that we deploy for for a number of different clients, um, and we also have our quant-driven models. We have a portfolio service as well. Um, again, we do cater for a number of different clients across the spectrum, people who are more aggressive and in, into shorter-term trading and people who are more longer-term. If yeah. our listeners want to contact you, Evan, what's the best way? Well, uh, you can contact us uh, by telephone, one three hundred double eight nine six zero three, And uh, my direct email, if anybody wants to get in contact with me, is Evan. At MFAM, that's M for Mike, F for Foxtrot, A for Alpha, M for Mike, dot com dot AU. And like we said, Evan is Louise and Chris's go to guy for options. Evan, thank you for coming on to Talking Trading. Thank you very much for having me, Caroline. Appreciate it. And guys, stay tuned for next week's show with Adam Koo from Piranha Profits. I'm Caroline Stephen. We'll see you next show. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation. Want to know the hottest sectors in the Aussie market? Now's your chance. Download my free Hot or Not special report from tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not. That website again, tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not.